Hello everyone, it's great to have you with us. We pray that God has been working in your life, or rather, that you have allowed for God to work in your life, because the Lord always wants to work in our lives. Even though He is God and He can do anything He wants, He doesn't force Himself upon us. Everything is still free will, even when we have surrendered our lives to Him. But however, it is in our best interest to let Him lead the way through His Holy Spirit and His Word, because if we don't, He doesn't lose anything. We are the ones that come out losing. That is the value of learning godly wisdom, because through it is that we can learn how to please God, which in turn blesses us in all kinds of different ways. God's ways promote life. Jesus came to give us life so that through Him we can have life in abundance. So having said that, and as part of today's continuing look into Proverbs, we will walk through a few verses, verse by verse, so we can continue learning godly wisdom. This is the great value of the Word of God, that everything in His Word means something, helps in some way, exposes and reveals some form of His truth. That is why I encourage you to have your own quiet daily time so you can experience God talking to you, teaching you, as He takes you by the hand to help you understand what you need to understand. We'll look into this further ahead. But for right now, I encourage you to pray for God's continuing guidance in your own life. If you don't know the Lord personally yet, I encourage you to ask Him to help you understand how to get there as soon as possible, because we can only find eternal life and all of God's blessings through a personal and intimate relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That is the only way that all of this will make sense. And if you do know the Lord, then pray for His continued guidance, that He will help you to pay attention to everything He tries to tell you on a daily basis. God speaks through everything, whether it is through creation itself, as well as through circumstances, and of course, as we have shared before, through His Word, as He reveals His truth through His Holy Spirit. It is amazing just how much He transmits at every moment, but we have to be paying attention. We have to allow ourselves the time to focus. So having said this, let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we praise you, we worship you, O Lord, for your goodness and your mercy, for your grace, for your love, for all the, the great and wonderful things that you bestow on us, Lord. And you do it so freely. Heavenly Father, above everything, I give you thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ, and for his sacrifice for the shedding of His blood on the cross, for taking our place, my place, O Lord, on the cross, and paying for my sins. Heavenly Father, in eternity is not enough to thank You for that, because it is eternity that I would have been completely separated from You. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I, I pray, Lord God, that You please forgive my sins. And Heavenly Father, I pray humbly right now, Lord God, that You help us, O Lord, to be able to focus on you on a daily basis, regularly, Lord God, and to be able to meditate and to let you speak to us through your word, through the silence of where we might be at that moment. Heavenly Father, I know that you want to reach out to us at every point in time and that you are willing to speak to us through so many different ways, Lord God. Help us to understand that we need to have a little bit of time with you at some point of the day, so that we can be able to receive what you want to share with us, what you would like for us to learn, 
how you would like to guide us. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus now as we look to your word. Heavenly Father, you please guide us to your Holy Spirit and that you might be the one that teaches us and helps us to understand what we need to understand through it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today we'll be reading from Proverbs chapter 16. And this is what we read. The preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirits. Commit your works to the Lord, and your thoughts will be established. The Lord has made all for himself, yes, even the wicked for the day of doom. Everyone proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though they join forces, none will go unpunished. In mercy and truth, atonement is provided for iniquity. And by the fear of the Lord, one departs from evil. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better is a little with righteousness than vast revenues without justice. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Divination is on the lips of the king. His mouth must not transgress in judgment. Honest weights and scales are the Lord's. All the weights in the bag are his work. It is an abomination for kings to commit wickedness, for a throne is established by righteousness. Righteous lips are the delight of kings, and they love him who speaks what is right. As messengers of death is the king's wrath, but a wise man will appease it. In the light of the king's face is life, and his favor is like a cloud of the latter rain. How much better to get wisdom than gold, and to get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. He who keeps his way preserves his soul. Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. He who heeds the word wisely will find good. And whoever trusts in the Lord, happy is he. The wise in heart will be called prudent, and sweetness of the lips increases learning. Understanding is a wellspring of life to him who has it, but the correction of fools is folly. The heart of the wise teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips. Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. The person who labors, labors for himself, for his hungry mouth drives him on. An ungodly man digs up evil, and it is on his lips like a burning fire. A perverse man sows strife, and a whisperer separates the best of friends. A violent man entices his neighbor and leads him in a way that is not good. He winks his eye to devise perverse things. He purses his lips and brings about evil. The silver-haired head is a crown of glory if it is found in the way of righteousness. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. The lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. As part of today's brief view into God's Word, we are going to do a bit of an expository, verse-by-verse -verse kind of look into some verses. Every verse in the Bible means something or teaches something, even the ones that we think that don't have a lot to offer. It is ultimately the Word of God. 
And as a word of God, there is divine power in it, the most powerful thing known in the universe. For instance, we understand that the universe was spoken into existence by Almighty God. Throughout the creation passages at the beginning of the book of Genesis, we see each day how God said certain things, and those things became a reality. God said, for instance, let there be light. God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. The reality of the universe was all spoken into existence through the Word of God. The Bible also teaches that the Word of God is more than just words on paper, but an actual person. John chapter 1 verse 1 to 4 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And so the Word of God is the person of Jesus Christ, the means, if you will, through which all was made. The Bible teaches us in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 to 17, the following, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. So Jesus Christ, the Word of God, is how God made everything and how everything stays together, how everything maintains its existence. Therefore, the visible and invisible world, both the present and the past and future depend and exist through the Word of God. That is the power of God's Word. That's why His Word is so important. And here we will see the importance of the Word of God in our own lives and what it intends to do as we ingest it spiritually by learning His wisdom. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 to 17 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The word of God, his wisdom is intended to work in us in a variety of ways so that his power is revealed in the ultimate transformation of a person's being. This is truly the highest and most meaningful worth of God's Word to us personally because the Word of God is the only thing that can help us attain eternal life through Jesus Christ. His Word is what teaches us the miracle of how to bring a soul that is dead in sin to life so that we can be regenerated and so that we can continue being changed and transformed into the likeness of God through everything we do. Do you understand its power? That's why whether you choose to start to read from the beginning to the end or you choose a Bible reading plan or just crack open the book wherever your fingers lead you, every single passage in the Bible is intended to do something in your life. The only thing that matters is that you look to God's Word for your guidance. I cannot stress this enough. So having said that, let's get started and look at just a few verses so we can gather a little something out of today's passage. 
Verse 1 says again, The preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. What does this mean? As people, we can prepare ourselves through our human intellect and be loose cannons with our mouths. I'm sure you've all had the experience. But if we are able to bridle or control our tongue, which is the most incontrollable thing in the body according to the Bible, and it can only be brought into submission through the work of God in our lives, then the answer that the tongue can provide is ultimately generated by God through the transformation process that He enables through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the teaching and purifying through His Word. The Bible teaches that out of the abundance of the heart speaks the mouth. So if you try to fill yourself with God's Word, then you will utter His teachings, His wisdom. Verse 2 says, All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirits. As we've discussed before, this verse points out to the danger in being guided by our own opinions. Because when we see things our way, we will probably never challenge our own ideas. Our tendency is to justify whatever we do. And as we examine our ways, we need to remember that the Lord weighs the spirits, which means that He looks deep inside our hearts, way beyond our words and our actions, to give everyone according to what is in their hearts. The Bible teaches us this very important truth in the book of Jeremiah where it says, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked, who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart, I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Verse 3 says, Commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. What this means is that if we learn to do what God wants us to do, if we commit ourselves to the Lord, then what we think to bring into action will be established. So our actions won't be meaningless or irresponsible, but rather godly and intentionally good, and the Lord himself will establish them. Verse 4 says, The Lord has made all for himself. Yes, even the wicked for the day of doom. As the Bible teaches, the Lord created everything and has allowed for certain things to exist, such as sin, so that there is choice. Because without sin in the equation, then there is no choice. So somehow God has allowed for sin to emerge so that free will can have a purpose. Because He does not want for us to be like robots per se. That's why the essence of true love is a conscience rational and thoughtful choice. No matter how much many people try to make it seem like it is something instinctive and incontrollable. So since there is a choice to either follow God or not, then he knows unfortunately that some will choose to believe and some will not choose to believe and love him. Therefore, at some point, which only he knows, because He is a holy and righteous God. He has to do away with sin. And with that, unfortunately, He will have to do away with those that choose to follow sin. Ultimately, those that decide to follow Satan's ways. We do have the ability to choose in everything in life. But with every choice, with every decision, there are consequences. And some consequences cause good and blessing, and some consequences lead to destruction and death. 
This is the whole reason for godly wisdom, so that we have the knowledge through His Word of what is good and pleasing to God, ultimately those things that produce life and blessing, so that we can have eternal life and the instruction to do works here and now that count towards eternal life. I'll try to explain it by using very simple banking concepts, which are concepts we gather from the Bible itself. It's like a, a heavenly savings account. When we come to Christ and surrender our lives to Him and to His Lordship, that action results in the opening of a celestial account. And when we choose to do those things that cause life and blessing according to the instruction of God's Word, we then deposit value into that account through our actions. And so when we stand judgment before the throne of Christ, we will then collect what we have saved in that account through our lifetimes and can spend it in eternity where everything good lasts forever. And finally, verse 5, this is what we see here. Everyone proud in his heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though they join forces, none will go unpunished. Pride is an abomination to God for the simple reason that pride prevents you from understanding that God is the only way and prevents you from doing that which counts as a blessing to you. When we defy God's instruction, we're only hurting ourselves. That's all there is to it. For instance, if we don't make the decision to make Jesus the Lord of our lives so that we can effectively belong to Him and be able to do those things that bring blessing, we, not God, are making the conscious decision of rejecting the one and only thing that can save our very lives. And pride can have a terrible effect after coming to Christ as well. Let's assume someone has been able to understand that Christ is the only way to salvation, but they are only after the salvation part of the equation and do not want to submit to God's will. What then? The Bible is very clear and that in order for someone to be saved, there needs to be an effective decision made to fully surrender and make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, which means you are completely surrendering your will without pride so that He can work in you, transform you, help you to start doing those things that don't produce death, for the wages of sin is death. There is another accounting term, just as we said. The wages of sin. And that's used in the Bible to explain what happens when you do sin. That you basically buy death or purchase death through sin. And the second part of the verse, that no matter how much people think that if they can make a concerted effort to defy God, that they will have their sinful way and triumph over God. Sadly, in the end, God will judge every single person and there is nothing that anyone can do about it. You cannot legislate against God. You can amass a great number of people to join forces and confront God. And this is what Satan will literally try to do in the end. It's called Armageddon. Everything and everyone will be consumed in his presence. You cannot beat God. When you try to defy God, you're only destroying yourself, which is illogical in every kind of way. This is what we really need to understand. God has no desire to destroy anyone. He is a good and loving God. So why try to defy Him? Why go against what He so graciously offers? 
why not just accept the fact that He is God and that His ways, His wisdom is the only way that you can reap the benefits you ultimately need. God has eternal life for you and God has unfathomable blessings He wishes to bestow on you. It is ultimately in your best interest to believe, surrender, and let Him have His way in you so that you can have eternal life, so that what comes out of your mouth can be a blessing to others, so that your thoughts can be established, so that you avoid completely the day of doom that is waiting for those that choose not to accept Christ in His ways. In all of this, please remember that you have the ability and the power to choose for what is good and for what is evil. You are the one that decides what happens with your life. My most excellent advice to you is for you to choose life. Choose Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior and follow His ways so that you can truly be blessed. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise you and I thank you, O Lord, for for your love and for your mercy and for your grace. Lord, I, I can never say enough thanks for that. Heavenly Father, thank you for, for your salvation through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord God, because it is not through our works that we are saved. We were saved through grace. But we do have to make a decision for you. And we do have to continue sustaining that decision to follow you and to do those things that please you. Heavenly Father, help us, O oh Lord, to, to understand that you are the only one that truly cares about us. And Lord, that you want to do great and awesome things in our lives. Help us to understand, O oh Lord, that all you are trying to do through your word is to teach us, to guide us, to help us understand those things that are necessary. You explain to us what is good and the things that happen because of that good. And you also explain to us those things that are evil and what will happen when we follow evil. Heavenly Father, Lord God, you put life and death before us. And at the end of the day, it is our choice. It is our decision. Heavenly Father, that's why I come to understand that the reason for a judgment, a judgment is there because it depends on what we have chosen to do out of our own free will. Everything depends on our choice, on our decision, on what we have decided to do with our lives. If we have decided to follow you, and to accept you as Lord and follow your ways or if we have decided to do something else. Heavenly Father, help us to choose for life and to remain in your life, to be guided through your Holy Spirit, through your word, to look for your will in our lives. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for everyone that's listening. Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless them that you continue to work in their lives, that you continue to open their eyes and their minds and their understanding, O oh Lord, and that they might see clearer and clearer as each day goes by your love, your will, and your ways. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we continue studying God's Word. And please feel free to write to us through our website if you would like more information or just need some prayer. Our web address again is 
thelatterrain.org. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. May God bless you.